This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Amen. Amen. If you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got a phone with the Bible app, pull out your phone with the Bible app. And, uh... You can go to Matthew or go to chapter 7 to uh, start today. Give it up for the worship team. They did an awesome, awesome, awesome job. Great, great job. All right. How many of you are parents? Raise your hand real high. Real high. There we go. A lot, a lot of parents, okay? How many of you understand that sometimes having children there is just moments of uncontrollable crazy that just happens. Can I get an amen from anybody? Just crazy, okay? The other uh, night, it was probably 1.30 in the morning, uh, Luke came into our room, and it was one of those moments, uh, I don't know if your kids ever had this, but our kids have all had this, where they have growing pains. And so he comes in, and he's like, He's like sobbing. He's telling us his leg hurts, but he's like half awake. He's half asleep. You know what I mean? And so he's like, he's like just uncontrollably crying for like 20 minutes. And he's like, I want you to rub my leg. And then he's like, don't rub my leg. And then I want you to rub my leg. And then don't rub my leg. And I, I want to sleep here, but now I want to sleep over there. And it's just like one of those moments as a parent that you know, like, I just got to ride this out. Like, there is no hope for this situation right now. No matter what I say, no matter what I do, we just got to ride this moment out. I remember <coughs> I remember years ago, this was probably, uh, gosh, Michael was probably two or so. And Michael had awful, awful, like, leg pains all the time, okay? I mean, like, we were up, like, night after night after night with him trying to console him. Um, I remember, like, the only thing that could, like, possibly console him was this cartoon called Little Bear. Anybody remember? Oh, yeah, it's just, it's like the most peaceful thing in the world, you know what I mean? It's just like, Little Bear, yes, okay, and there's a duck, you know what I mean? And it's just awesome, awesome cartoon. And I remember this one night, it's like 2.30 in the morning, he woke up, and he's crying, and he's in pain. And I remember I grabbed him, and I was like, I know what? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the bigger one tonight. I'm I'm gonna be a good husband tonight. I'm gonna let my wife sleep tonight. I'm gonna take my son. We're gonna turn on little bear and we're gonna ride out the next like hour or so until he like falls back to sleep. Okay. So I grab Michael, I bring him out into the living room, and I turn on little bear. And out of out of the corner of my eye, I see Jess charging at me, okay, like a like like some kind of like like a mama lion, you know what I mean? She is like charging down the hall, and she is screaming, "Give me my child! Give me my child back!" Okay, and I'm thinking like I'm thinking like is this like a joke at 2:30 in the morning? You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to be sleeping, and she came out, and I promise you, this is no joke. I'm in an abusive relationship, everybody, okay? I I have been abused as a husband, okay? She is like asleep. I mean, asleep, and she is beating me, okay? And I'm like, I'm like protecting Michael from the fist of anger, of rage, you know what I mean? They're coming at me like fist after fist. Give me my child back. And I'm like, 
what is wrong with you? I mean, we live in an apartment, you know what I mean? I'm sure everybody is awake at that moment, okay? Now, it's one of those moments. It's just crazy. It's just a crazy moment, okay? But today we're going to talk about anxiety. And I think anxiety is one of these things that we all deal with. There's not one of us in the room that is free from worry, free from anxiety, not one of us that's perfect of this at all. And it's one of these feelings where you're like, I don't quite know what to do. I don't quite know how to handle this moment. Like, like was, I mean, was I like supposed to like tackle her? You know what I mean? Was I supposed to like pin her down? Like, I didn't know what I had to do in that moment, you know? And I think anxiety and worry are these moments in our life and in our soul that, number one, we're not in control. Any control freaks in the house? Yeah? There's a bunch of you that are lying. I'm just being honest, okay? We're not in control, and it's craziness in us. And so today, we're going to have some fun, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to have fun at church, okay? Say, so we are going to have fun at church, Okay? If you have a stick in your butt, and yes, I said if you have a stick in your butt, don't text me about it or call me later or text me or email me that I said that, okay? Get it out, okay? We're going to have fun, and we're going to laugh today because we're dealing with something that's really, really serious, but I really felt like the Lord wanted to bring some joy. Amen. Can we get an amen for joy? We need joy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. We need, we need a laugh. Okay, everybody just practice laughing. One, two, three, practice, go. <laughs> there we go. All right. There we go. So today, we're going to. Is that me? Matt? Yeah, we're good. We're going to take a little road trip, okay, through the Bible and talk about how we deal with with anxiety. Now, I'm going to tell you, okay, tell, wait, tell me, tell me, what do you have to have on a road trip? Snacks. Really? Snacks? Snacks? Come on, think about it. Snacks? A GPS? You people are the worst. What? Music. Thank you, Darren. Jesus' name. Yes, you gotta have some snacks, but you gotta have music. Gotta have the right tracks. So we're gonna have some music in today. We're gonna have some fun, and it's gonna be good. Okay. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this. Everyone who hears my teaching, this is Jesus talking, and applies it to his life, can be compared to a man or a woman who builds his house on unshakable ground. God's declaring to us that if we Build our life, our future, upon the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God. It is unshakable. Everything in this life is shakable. Your finances are shakable. Your marriage, your relationships, everything, your job is shakable. But God says, my Word is unshakable. Verse 25 says this. When the rains fell and the flood came, the fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because it had a strong foundation. Verse 26, but everyone who hears my teaching but does not apply it to his life 
can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 27, when it rained, and it rained, and the floods came, the wind and the waves beat upon the house. It collapsed, and it was swept away. And I really felt this, that the Lord wanted me to say this. I don't know who it applies to, but somebody in here, you've had a moment in your life where the house fell down. And it had nothing to do with you. And you need to understand that the house didn't fall, but it was because somebody else's house fell. And sometimes we get real confused in, you know, life when somebody else's fault, like when my dad's house fell, right, and it got swept away. And then I got caught in the mix. Does that make sense? I got caught in, in, in all of it. Sometimes that happens, and we need to be able to identify that this is not God's best. Like, God didn't make my dad leave. Can I get an amen for that? That was not God's plan, okay? God's plan was for him to be my father and to be a good father. He didn't build his house on the word. His house fell, and guess what? I got swept into the flood, and so sometimes that happens, okay? So here we go. Stop one on a road trip. Say stop one to your neighbor. Say stop one. Stop one on a road trip, okay? We're going to name it rain. Rain, okay? Wes, I'm going to touch your guitar right now, okay? All right? Hold on. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Oh, yes. Yes, I got to get prepared. Alyssa, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, Adam, come here. Come here. Adam, come here. I need you to hold my mic, okay? Right here. Track one on our road trip. Are we ready? Here we go. Let's go. Rain, rain on my face. Hasn't stopped raining for days. My world is a flood. There we come. One with the mud. Can you put this away for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! It's from the heart. It's from the heart. <laughs> My brother was obsessed with that song. Ben put it on repeat every night when we went to bed. Woo, that was a lot of energy. I'm not going to lie. I was in McAllister's the other day. It came on. I started singing. I was like, what's wrong with you people? It's shards of clay. It's flood. It's a trans, it's a song that trans, I don't even know what to say. It's just, it changed the whole generation. <laughs> Woo! What did Jesus say? Jesus said what? It's going to rain, right? 
The flood's going to come. Right? I, I can't tell you enough. Like, the world's broken. It's hurting. Those people, they're going to run into you. Right? They're going to run in with their baggage and their hurt and their pain, and they're going to run into you, and they don't care if you're in the way. You know, the enemy, he's not going to stop. Right? So, just shared this post, and I'm not going to say the names or where it's from, but we, we knew this beautiful couple. This beautiful couple blessed. Blessed me and Jess in our life. Blessed our marriage. Helped us in a season where we couldn't figure out up from down. This couple was just the quintessential, like, what you pictured as, like, the awesome pillars in the church. This is an awesome marriage. And Jess said to me the other day, she said, look at this. And she showed me this Facebook post, and after, I think it was like, after 27 years, they're done. Had an affair. It's done. See, the enemy's not going to stop. The rains aren't going to stop. The flood's not going to stop. But Jesus goes, listen, you got to figure out, are, are you going to be standing on sand? Or are you going to stand upon my words? Because my words are a foundation. And when that flood comes, the rains come, you can stand with confidence. You stand with joy. You can have joy even in the midst of troubles, even in the midst of hard days, even in the midst of moments where it's really hard to find joy. The Lord says, you can stand on my word and my word will give you peace. My word will give you life. My word will make you complete. But I love what Jesus says. He says, everyone who hears my word and applies it. Ooh, can we get an amen in the house today? Applies it. Meaning what? There are people that won't apply the word of God. They'll hear the word of God. And you know what I love about that statement is this, that obviously Jesus is talking about people who believe in him and will hear the word of God. So what is God telling us? God's going, listen, I have in my word some truth to help you understand how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with the craziness in our hearts, how to deal with, I got to let go and I got to trust God. So let's get some revelation today, okay? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through okay? Verse says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I love that. I love finding joy in every situation. We teach our boys all the time, you can make anything fun, or you can make anything boring and dumb. It's really your choice. We choose to make everything fun, no matter what we're doing in this life. Verse 5 says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming 
soon. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry. Goes on to say this. Instead, pray about everything. Talk to God. Listen, I understand a lot of us, man, we are terrified to pray. Okay? I mean, you get into a group of people, and you're like, we're going to pray out loud, and everybody's like, what? (laughs) Are you sure about this? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what I would say to God, you know? And we are so confused about what prayer is. Prayer is just you giving your heart to the Lord. Prayer is just you just expressing to God what you're feeling. It says, instead, pray about everything. Listen, I tell God when I'm mad. I tell God when I'm happy. I tell God everything. I just, I want to, I want to give him everything. He says, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all that he has done. Thank him for already doing it when you ask. Just thank him. Walk in gratefulness. So, stop number two on our road trip journey today. Okay, if you're taking notes, you can write down this. The land of worry. We're stopping in the land of worry, okay? And we have another track. We have another track on our playlist for our new land, okay? All right, so I need everybody to stand up, okay? I need everybody to stand up, okay? All right, I need, don't, don't do it yet. I need everybody to do this with me. Go do it. There we go. There we go. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Are we ready? Hold up. All right, stop, stop. And then we're going to jump into it. Here we go. Come on, my whistlers. Come on, dance, everybody. Come on. Give it up for yourselves. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Sit down. Woo. How many know that there is no joy in the land of worry? You get an amen. In the land of worry, all joy is sucked away. Worry runs your thoughts. Worry runs your life. Worry runs your actions and your attitudes. It kind of runs everything. I wrote down some traits of a worrier, traits that you would know that you're in the land of worry. Trait number one is this, the Eeyore syndrome. Anybody love Winnie the Pooh? 
Eeyore, wake up. Why should I go to church today? God's not happy with me. He'll probably bless somebody else and forget about me. Right? It's pretty good, isn't it? I should be in the next Winnie the Pooh movie. Give, give it up for Pastor Jeff. All right? I knew I was called the greatest. Listen, even when something good happens, they're, they're constantly worrying about what's going to happen next. If something's bad, it's going to happen. Right? Like, this happened good, and oh, thank God. But I know right around the corner, something bad's going to happen. Nothing is ever fun. Nothing is ever funny. They're just stuck. And I mean, they're really stuck in what? They're just, they're sad. I get it. I've had some sad seasons, okay? I'm not, I'm, listen, I, I want to make sure you understand. If you are dealing with any of this, I am not making fun of you today. I, I, I'm dealing with it myself. I got a lot of worry. I got a lot of stress. I got a lot of anxiety. But I, but I know that through the, through the Lord, I can, I can overcome this. A lot of times when we're in the land of worry, we live in isolation. And the, Lord, and the enemy loves to get us into this place where he isolates us, right? We don't have relationships. We don't have connections. We're kind of by ourselves. We can't see past our problems. We can't see past ourselves. We become dry. We become harsh. We become angry in the land of worry. And the Lord said what? Always be full of the joy of the Lord. And, and when we're in this land, we ask this question, how, Lord? Right? Let's be real. How am I supposed to be full of the joy of the Lord always, God? Because I, I'm, I'm tormented in worry and stress and pressure. Well, the word has some understanding about this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Did you catch that? What will keep you strong? What will keep your joy together? His love when your roots go down into him, verse 18. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. I love that word. May you experience the love of Christ. That's why we desire the presence of God in our service. I want you to experience his love. I want you to experience his joy. I want you to experience his, his nature and who he is. It's too great to fully understand, it says. And then it says this. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes through it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says this. Such love has no fear. If we're afraid, it's, it is for fear of punishment. And it shows that we are not fully, we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Listen, this love that the Bible is talking about is a love that you will not find in any human being on planet Earth. Okay? We got that? You are not going to find this love that Christ is talking about with anybody. I'll never forget the first time I read the book. It was a marriage book. It was called uh, 
It's called Marriage on the Rock. And the first chapter is dedicated to this notion and this thought that when I marry somebody, and all of you, all of you that are young and you're looking for somebody and you're wanting to find somebody, you all think you're going to find somebody that's going to make you whole and make you complete and make you secure, and it's going to take away all your fear, and it's going to take away all your insecurities, and it is a lie from the pit of hell. Your spouse was never designed to be your all. Christ is designed to be your everything. That love that doesn't make sense. That love that never leaves. That love that has your back. That love that settles all the fear, settles all the worry, settles all the craziness inside of you. That love that goes beyond what we can understand. This is what the Word of God tells us. And you're not going to find it in somebody else. You're going to find it in time spent with God the Father. That's where you're going to find it. As you spend time with Christ Jesus, you will learn to trust Christ Jesus. And as you learn to trust Christ Jesus, you will learn to let go of the worry and the stress, and the pressure, and the anxiety, because you know, you know what? He loves me, and his love never fails. His love never, never turns its back on me. His love is so great. Listen, it is the mercy of God that you are who you are today. It is the it is a grace of God that you have the job that you have, the house that you have, the food that you have. Can I just be honest in here for just a hot second? Can we just say that there are a probably, uh, there's probably uh, millions and millions of people in the world that would trade their position today for all of your stress and worry. They would do anything to have your job and your house and your problems and your situations because they're living in a hut and they're just trying to figure out if they're going to eat in the next few days or not. Can we get an amen? We need to learn to trust God. We need to learn to rely on his love and let his love satisfy our souls. We have so much time that is wasted, energy wasted on things that we have no control over. But that's the problem. I want to have control. But if, but if I'm in control, that means what? My hands are full. So how can I grab onto the things of God when my hands are full, right? Isn't this the story of the rich young ruler, right? It wasn't really about his stuff. It was really about him letting go of his stuff. His hands were full. And as long as his hands were full, he was never going to be able to grab onto Jesus and follow him. Amen? The rich young ruler had to let go, and he couldn't let go. And Jesus went on, and he went on. We gotta learn to trust God, to let go, to let Him have control. First Peter, chapter five. First uh, Peter, chapter five, verse six through seven says this. Verse six: If you bow low in God's awesome presence, God's awesome presence. Can I just say this? I truly believe this: that when you're in the presence of God. I used to do this with our students all the time when I was a student pastor. I would go, okay, how many of you felt the presence of God? Let's do it right now. 
How many of you felt the presence of God today in worship? Just felt God's presence, okay? Let me ask this. What did you feel in God's presence? Felt good? Yeah? Did you feel loved? Did you feel like he was proud of you? Yeah. 100%. Always. That's why I love the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, he does nothing but encourage you. He does nothing but love you. He does nothing but strengthen you. He does nothing but grab you and make you feel loved and and pour out his goodness upon you. God's awesome presence. Bow low in God's awesome presence. And he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Leave the timing in his hands. Leave the timing. He knows the timing. And sometimes the timing wrong, not always because of you. Sometimes the timing's wrong because God's working on another end, right? And we need to not get frustrated with God when the timing isn't happening in the moment that we want it to happen. Sometimes he's working out a bunch of different details, but God is good and he's faithful and he hasn't forgotten about you. I know that some of you today, you're thinking like, God forgot about me. No, he didn't. He knows the exact plans. Philippians says he knows the beginning to the end. He's working out his plan. Amen? He knows. Verse 7, it says, pour out all your worries and stresses upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. Stop number three on our road trip. Our last stop is this. Never be alone. You're never alone because you have Christ Jesus. You are always, you are always found by him. And so our third track on a road trip is a gem, okay? It's a gem, straight out of 1993. Can we get an amen for 1993? I mean, that was just, listen, the Bulls won their third championship. I was 13. I had a dirt stash. I was becoming a man, you know what I mean? Love love was in the air, you know what I mean? And so we got, we got a beautiful, beautiful song today to let you know that you are not alone in this journey. Go ahead and play that song, okay? Listen, you'll get saved just listening to Mariah Carey's voice. Got to get an amen for that. Woo! Listen, you're not alone. Can I have some help with that? I want to I show you something. So, 1 Peter. It was probably three weeks ago the Lord told me to start studying 1 Peter. And I started, 
I started realizing and recognizing that First Peter, First Peter, oh gosh, oh, we're all right, we're all good. Levi's got a ton of money, he'll pay for it. He's so rich, I'm seriously, if you need to borrow any money, go to Levi, okay? I'm not joking you. Listen, 1 Peter is written to small groups of believers that are in Rome that Peter calls Babylon. And they are worried and they are stressed because they have fear that they're going to be killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? So in 1 Peter, when he says, bow in his awesome presence, this is all they have. They're living day by day in fear of, am I going to have to give my life for Jesus? And Peter's writing to what I said is small groups of people. Groups of people that are doing life together. Groups of people that aren't segmented. They, they're doing community. See, see, we believe that this verse in 1 Peter is like a verse for me personally, like in my isolation, right? But God didn't write that verse through Peter for isolation. God wrote that verse through Peter in the thought, in the idea of community. Does that make sense? Now, the issue is this, is that we are becoming less and less connected. Right? We have all the ability in the world to be so intimately connected today. But we are farther apart than ever before in the history of man. We do life alone. We watch videos alone. I, I mean, I'm that guy. I was, I was at... Um, I was at a restaurant the other day, and I had, I had my phone, and I had Netflix with QB1, watching the QB1 uh, episode with my ear pods in, and the waitress, she would just come by, and she would just kind of point, like, more drink, and be like, yeah, awesome, you know what I mean? We're doing less and less relationship. We're doing less and less community. We're doing less, we're getting isolated. We're getting alone. And the enemy's got us cornered alone. In this verse, God's going, listen, I have, this, I have this great idea. I have this awesome, awesome plan. Ryan Erdo, come here real quick. Ryan, come here. Bill, come here. Go, go sit in one of the chairs. Nick, go sit in one of the chairs. Uh, Hector, Hector, go sit in one of the chairs. Hector, I'm going to beat you up, Hector. He knows I could take him down. He's scared of me. So, what did, what did God desire? God desired community. God desired, when we really think about this verse, he desired what? That as a community, they would humble themselves before each other and before God. And then the presence of God would fill that community. Amen? And as the presence of God filled this community, 
They would talk about their worries. They would talk about their stresses. They would talk about their jobs. They would talk about their families. They would talk about their children. They would talk about the future. They would talk about things that mattered to them in their life and that when they talked about it, they could come together and cast their cares upon the Lord. And they could leave their cares there. Because you know what's beautiful about community? This is what I love about community is this. When I know what Ryan Erdl is going through, then I can walk through some stuff with Ryan Erdl. I can, I can help Ryan Erdl. I can be there with Ryan Erdl. When I know what's going on with Bill and what's going on with his job and what's going on, I can go, you know what, Bill? I'm going to make sure that this week in prayer that I got you. I'm praying with you. I'm believing with you. I'm standing in faith with you, Bill. Hey, Nick, I know what's going on with, with Joey. Joey's crazy, you know what I mean? Nick needs some help with Joey, you know what I mean? And we're like, you know what, guess what? We're all going to pitch in, and we're going to love Nick, and we're going to help Nick, and we're going to believe with Nick. We got each other. We're going we're to put our cares on the table because we believe in community, and we believe that, you know what, together we're stronger. Together, we can put our faith together, and we can stand together. Have you noticed how hard it is to be alone? Come here, Hector. Come with me. Do you know how hard it is to be alone and to pray on your, by yourself? God's good, and he hears us, yes, and he's going to move. But there's something about isolation. There's something about when you're walking through something all by yourself. There's something about when you feel, like, can we just be honest? I think through isolation, because we're doing so much on our own, and we're so separate, and, and I just feel like there's this sense in the world, sense in people like we're cynical, we're sarcastic, we have our own schedules, and we're always so busy. I remember when Joaquin cut his hand. Remember that day, Joaquin? I'm at the ER with Joaquin. I'm doing everything not to throw up. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? I thought I was going to throw up, and I was going to pass out, especially when the doctor came in and started putting his finger inside of his hand. I'm like, I am out of here in Jesus' name. Joaquin, I will be outside, okay? So I'm sitting with Joaquin and Reese, and I'm looking at Joaquin and Reese, and I'm like, listen, what do you need? Do you need us to pick up your kids? Do you need, do you need food? What, what can we do to be a blessing? And the whole time, Joaquin and Reese are like, you got to leave. They're like, you're busy. And I'm like, no. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you're hurting right now. What matters is that you have a crisis right now. What matters is me being with you right now. Everything else can wait. But we have this idea in our society, everybody's too busy for community. Everybody's too busy. We got too many sports. We got too many school functions. We got too many things we're chasing after. We got things that are entertaining us, and we're too busy, and we're missing out on what God intended for us to have. 
God intended for us to have community. God didn't intend for us to be alone and to be isolated. God intended for Hector to be able to come to the table and say, hey, listen, this is what's going on with my job. There's some scary things happening at my job. There's some layoffs happening at my job. There's some things happening with my bosses, and this is what's happening. And they could all come together and go, you know what, just join hands. They all come together, and they go, you know what, we're going to pray together. We're going to be strength for each other. We're going to have each other's back. We're going to walk this with you, knowing that you're not alone. Give it up for these guys. Thank you so much. Wes, can you just play behind me? Is that okay? Is that cool? Why don't you stand up this morning? I unplugged you. Listen, this is why this is why we this is why we created dinner parties. It's to build community. To build relationships. Listen, the Lord's been, he's been telling me this, and I, and I said it once, uh, once a, um, I don't know, maybe a month ago or something, but I just, it keeps coming up in me just over and over again. The Lord tells me, tell, tell everybody to find somebody they don't know and go to lunch with them. Somebody you don't know, a family you don't know, a person you don't know. Make, like, like, can we just, like, make it a goal for a season in Elevate Church that we just go, you know what? On Sundays, we're going we're gonna to find somebody we don't know. We're going to introduce ourselves. Heaven forbid that we would do that, right? Heaven forbid that we would get past our own insecurities. Now, I'm not saying you got to go to, you know, a great steakhouse. I mean, just go get some chicken. Chicken's great, right? Like, just go over to the Liberty Center. It's like a million places to eat there. Build some community. Make a relationship. Find a friendship. Find somebody that can stand with you, believe with you. That's what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be a family. That we can bring our anxieties, we can bring our worries, we can bring our pain, we can bring all that. And go, you know what? We're we're together. We're together. Is that you, Amber? Yeah, I was so proud of Amber a few weeks ago. We were at a dinner party, and Amber just shared some pain from her past that the Lord has reconciled. And there was somebody in the room that night that needed to hear that, and she was so scared. She was so scared to share that. But the Holy Spirit was on her, and the Holy Spirit moved through her. That's what community does. Amen? Let you grab a hand next to you. If you got some fear today, you got some anxiety, I want you to just cast it on the Lord. Start talking to the Lord. He really cares about you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He says, you're my sons, you're my daughters, and I care about you. I speak to fear. I speak to 
the liar, the accuser of the brethren. I command you in your spirit of oppression, I command you to be gone in Jesus' name. I release the joy of the Lord to be full, full in your people. We thank you. We thank you for your grace. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray you'd start blessing relationships and friendships in Elevate Church. Start blessing community. Start blessing it. Start leading people supernaturally, divinely, bringing people together, relationships, friendships, connections together that will glorify and honor you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, God, for your joy and your peace and your grace, and we rest in it. We rest in it. We give you our worries. We give you our pain because we know you care for us, and you're really good at reconciling everything. We love you. I just really feel like the Lord says, go home, write them down. Write them down in a notebook. Write them down somewhere. Give them to me, and then watch me answer them. And he says, your joy will be made full. Your joy will be full as you see me, as you see my mighty power Knock off the stresses, the worries, the cares, the problems. Write them down so that you can see that God will answer that he is faithful. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this great day. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for everything you've done here today. You get all the glory. You get all the honor. You get all the praise. It's all for you always, Jesus, always, always. We bless you now. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody agrees, said? And can you give it up for Jesus? He's really, really, really good today. Hi, we love you. Um, if our elders could come down front, if you need prayer for anything today, um, feel free to come on down. We'll have some people to pray with you. Otherwise, we love you. We will see you next Sunday. Can you just play for Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.